Supreme Court is going to take up the case, finally, of NCAA players making millions for their schools but not making any money themselves. I wonder if it's the end of the road of that whole thing. It will be fundamentally changed. It's hard to imagine. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know what the specifics of the law are and everything like that. It's just hard to imagine that they don't come up with something where it says, nah, you can't have coaches that make $8 million a year and the school gets this many million dollars a year and and they, this, this, these people get nothing. Well, if I'm an up-and-coming college coach, I'm terrified by this because it's a simple business equation of you can expect a certain amount of revenue and your costs are, you know, what you determine to be necessary to keep that revenue flow going. And you've got program costs, obviously, but in terms of payroll, all you got is the coaching staff and the training staff and not the players. Right. And I don't know if you've ever seen an NBA payroll. Uh, the players are the ones getting paid. So, yeah, the, the coaches making $8 million was just a function of, look, all we got to do is pay the CEO and a couple of his assistants. We don't have to pay any of our line workers. Well, the strongest argument that I heard put forth yesterday on the other side was we're effect, we're afraid it will have an effect on their education. If that's no. your best argument, you're going to lose. Because yeah. come on now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the kids who want an education will go ahead and get one. I have a feeling. And the most of them, the rest of them will just go on being professional athletes. Which they are more or less. Well, God, and if you're if you're at the top of uh, NCAA basketball, you know you're that Williamson at, uh, at at Duke or you're at Kansas or wherever you are, and the same with the football. You're the you're the biggest star in the you're one of the biggest stars in the entire freaking country. Right. I mean, you're you pack huge. Stadiums. You pack stadiums. You you make TV ratings happen for mm-hmm. for several years. There could be a lot of money at stake. You get a quality education. Uh, classes you don't show up for, work you don't do. God, you could have you could have college, uh, college players that were making nothing, zero, making I don't know how much. Maybe, 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 and, maybe, and how would the contracts? Work? I, I don't know. I was about to say they might they might make a hundred million dollars day one signing a contract with Adidas and Gatorade, or. Their agent could come into the uh, AD's office, the athletic director's office, and say, yeah, you're going to tear up our contract, and we're going to do a new one, or he's going to transfer to Kentucky. Oh, right. Or or will you not be able to do that because you have a contract? Excellent point. Oh, my God, the litigation. Uh, Lawyers are going to get rich, as usual. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's an unfortunate reality, Jack, this beautiful country, and I'm thinking mostly of the contiguous 48 states, which is... uh, uh, unfortunate, and uh, all of our love and respect to Alaska and Hawaii. But uh, the nation is bookended by a couple of absolute jackass governors, Andrew Cuomo in the east and Gavin Mussolini in the west. A couple of stories about those two fine fellows. Uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo signed legislation on Tuesday prohibiting the sale of Confederate flags on public property, including its state and local fairs. Cuomo was well aware that such legislation is likely to fail a First Amendment test, but this did not deter him. Nice gesture. You know, I'd like to suggest that if your law wouldn't pass a First Amendment test, you shouldn't propose it. You should realize this is a bad idea. It damages our liberty. I heard a good podcast about that the other day. I don't even remember who I was listening to. That that used to be a thing for public servants, because most of these public servants actually take an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States, and mm-hmm. they regularly 
um, uh, either write executive orders or uh, or push for legislation that they know is unconstitutional. That is a fairly recent phenomenon. Huh. You, you used to you, there used to be a um, uh, a public pressure or just a I don't know. It was it was just a thing um, that you you wouldn't advocate for things that were clearly unconstitutional because you took an oath to the Constitution. Upholding the Constitution is your main job. Wow, right. So promoting a legislation that is unconstitutional, who nobody would do that. And somewhere along the line, that went along the wayside, and it happens all the time now. Wow, including uh, oh, presidents. You know, this like everything would become political and ugly. But oh, that we could assemble a star chamber, or a, a panel of high priests, or something to judge this sort of thing. And when a jackass like Andrew Cuomo proposed something, they'd say, "You took a vow to to defend the Constitution. You just violated it. That's uh, two Constitution points off, or something. And <laughs> if you run up five, you get thrown out of office. I don't know. But anyway." Uh, he says, this country per- faces a pervasive growing attitude of intolerance and hate. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. We're moving toward tolerance and not hate decade by decade, year by year, you lying ass. Anyway, wow. by, lim- by limiting the, de- at, least, at least I'm not going Tom Cruise on him yet. By limiting the display and sale of the Confederate flag, Nazi swastika, and other symbols of hatred from being displayed or sold on state property, including fairgrounds, this will help safeguard New Yorkers from the fear and stalling effects of these abhorrent symbols. All right, you jackass. Meanwhile, on the west, uh, the west side of the country, uh, what happened on a Gavin Mussolini story? Uh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I must have closed mm-hmm. it. I'm an idiot. Uh, we're all human. We all fall short sometimes. Oh, that's right. We do have a Gavi Award nomination uh, coming up in just a minute. But uh, this is pretty funny, and this is Gavin Mussolini related. The Bay Area Michelin-starred restaurant uh, where Governor Gavin Newsom was caught flouting his own restrictions received more than $2.4 million in federal loans earlier this year. Man, there's so many stories like that floating around, really flush businesses that uh, that got some of the money. If you go to the French Laundry and you order the equivalent of, I don't know, a plate of nachos and a Coors Light, you'll pay 350 a head for it, okay? <laughs> there are many upgrades available that'll get you up to like $1,200 a person. But it received 17 times more than the average Bay Area restaurant through two loans from the pay, uh, Paycheck Protection Program in April, allowing them to save almost 170 employees. Now, just because it's highfalutin doesn't mean I want the people who work there out of work. I'm sure they're really nice people and they work hard. Uh, but that is something. Uh, and is well- there some belief that uh, knowing the governor and the governor's friends uh, played a role in that? Well, and everybody who's everybody in California, particularly Northern California, it knows the French Laundry and has eaten there. It is the place to show ostentatious wealth or, or whatever. Plus, the, the grub's pretty good, I understand. But So, yeah, they're super well-connected, and you know that had uh, that played a role. Let's see, what time do we have? Do we have time to give a Gavi Award, ladies and gentlemen? It's the Gavis! The Gavitism Award for Governmental Hypocrisy in the Time of COVID. Live from the Kodak Theater in Los Angeles. <laughs> it's actually not. It's just the radio studio. It's the Gavies. Uh, we're all human. We all fall short sometimes. There you go. The governor of Rahode Island. I'm sorry, what? Where? There are parking lots. Joe pronounces the H. 
Oh. I don't believe in silent letters, Sean. <laughs> the, the E at the end is an exception. Rhode Island. There are parking lots bigger than Rhode Island in my town. Anyway, uh, the governor of Rhode Island is facing backlash this week after she was photographed at a wine and paint night just days after she had discouraged inessential activities to curb the spread of the vid. Don't get your glasses mixed up there. The wine and paint night. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this is a thick Chardonnay. <laughs> That's actually the blue paint you're drinking there, Governor. <laughs> Rhode Island Governor Gina M. Raimondo. She was out at a wine bar on their painting night. Only days after, she urged Rhode Islanders in a tweet to, quote, stay home except for essential activities and wear a mask anytime you're with people you don't live. Oh, my God. Now, these people are shameless. Now, the little gal who took the picture said she had her mask on except for taking drinks of wine. Whatever. You can't give lectures about stay home unless it's essential and then go out to drink wine and paint. Uh, what part of this do you not understand? God, that is so maddening. The, Our the, pleasures are not like your pleasures. Our families are not your pl- like that. You're you're poor people, shallow idiot families. We're the powerful. Don't you understand? God, the mindset these people have should make you violently angry. They think your lives are stupid. <laughs> right. Well, they're, they're lesser. They're certainly lesser than theirs. No, you doing something with your kids that would be fun for them over Christmas? No. Stay home. Stay home. Suffer the right. emotional pain of that. I'm going to go out with my friends, but I'm a different class of person. That's not supposed to exist in this country. Sure. Was it the, uh, the mayor of San Jose who said, stay home, everybody, but he went to Thanksgiving with his family? Of course, because they, as they're a higher life form than you plebeians, you you dirty brutes, uh, their love, their family love is more important than yours. These their people, recreation is more important. These people are actual, like, caste system bigots. They actually believe the people beneath them don't have the same physical, emotional needs, I You're guess. an inferior race. Yeah. Isn't In that short. wild? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I knew they were cynical, but I didn't know they actually thought they were of a superior species from the rest of us. Now, a, a little yin and yang here, but then there will be a, a, a yang, I guess, at the end. A yin, uh, like, a yang, and a yang? Did you make that up, or is that... I did. I just did. Right. Uh, a couple of comments that I like in this story. Uh, this one gal, Susan, said, uh, she shouldn't be in an event like that. You can drink wine at home. I'm an experienced wine drinker, Gina. Do it at home. <laughs> <laughs> Woman after my own heart. And then there's this other little gal who says, now, the main thing I took out of it is, wow, she's here at a small business and she's supporting it. She came in. She's a, the, the, the employees can make a wage, blah, blah, blah. But here, here's Did she the say that? Is that the speech she gave to other people? Go out and if you can support a small business, go ahead. I don't think that's what she said. Precisely. No, she said, stay home unless it's essential. You must stay home, you stupid, hairy brutes. But I shall do what I want to do. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, winner of today's Gavi. <laughs> A lot of governors doing this, too. It's popular among the governors. Yeah, you'd think after like the first seven or eight of them, the next one would think, oh, geez, maybe I better not go. No out. kidding. <laughs> no kidding. You'd think, you'd think, wow, this is really kind of becoming a, a topic of conversation. 
Yeah. People who say one thing and do another. I might keep my head down for a little yeah, while. Yeah, uh, really. And we, uh, you know, we had an early dinner, but it didn't matter. But my point all along has been that, that, that... I mean, how condescending was that? How, like, classist was that? Listen, I'll just tell them it was an early dinner, and they'll just, you know, they'll just go back to eating their paste and picking their noses. <laughs> and, and they'll think, ah, oh, uh, the gardener said it was an early dinner, so I guess that's okay. <laughs> oh, God. Keep them coming, you morons. Hope you all get voted out. <laughs> Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. My kids think this song is so creepy. They mostly don't like her voice. She was briefly Catwoman in uh, the Batman series. A very exotic Catwoman. Some uh, prefer her to uh, Lee Merriweather, is that right, who is Miss USA? Lee Merriweather's a pretty good Catwoman. Oh, yeah. She's part of my youthful awakening, but that's probably she, enough of that. She fit in that one-piece leather outfit. Turns out I'm straight. <laughs> Ten states sue Google, alleging deal with Facebook to rig online ad market. This could be a big deal. So last week, Facebook got hit by like 47 states. This is 10 states taken on Google. Ten states sued Google yesterday, accusing the search giant of running an illegal digital advertising monopoly and they worked with Facebook in an alleged deal to rig ad auctions, ad auctions that was uh, codenamed after Star Wars characters. I don't know why they had to throw in that detail. Geeks. Um, yeah, geeks. That's right. It's a bunch of geeks. Google is a trillion-dollar monopoly, brazenly abusing its monopolistic power, going so far as to induce senior Facebook executives to agree to a contractual scheme that undermines the heart of the competitive process said one of the attorneys involved. Google, of course, said, no, we didn't. That's, <laughs> that's not true. Nuh-uh. That's not true. Uh, Wednesday's complaint traces back more than a decade, alleging that Google quietly built up and defended its dominance in the market for digital ads, beginning with its acquisition of the ad technology firm DoubleClick in 2008. Um, we talked about this a lot last week. Just merely buying your competitors, though, is you know that's got to be allowed. Sure, in, of in course. United States. Hold on, I'm taking a sip of coffee. Unless you end up with something like monopolistic power. Mm-hmm. Um, many of the accusations involve Google's ad tech software, which is used to buy and sell ads on sites across the web. Google owns the dominant tool at every link in the complex chain between online publishers and advertisers, giving it a unique power over uh, all the monetization of digital content, and also owns key platforms for reaching consumers such as YouTube. It's, legally speaking, can you so if you get over, we talked to that uh, person from the Washington Post last week. Legally speaking, general, once you get past fifty percent of market share, you get into a dangerous territory. Doesn't mean you automatically are a monopoly or anything like that, but it's when people really start looking at you. Right, right, and I think they're really concerned about some of the anti-competitive practices, like you were talking. They they work both sides of the ad uh, situation. They both. Uh, aid um, uh, clients in buying ads, and then they sell them the ads. 
They fix uh, auctions, like you were saying. They will screw with their competitors. I mean, if you're if Jack's house of uh, I don't know what are you manufacturing over there? Uh, I got a lamp in front of me. Lamps. Uh, if if Jack's house of lamps and Joe's house of lamps are in competition, and I start you know smashing all the light bulbs as they start showing up to your plant, or I call uh, Michelangelo's house of light bulbs and say. If you furnish to Jack anymore, we won't buy a single light bulb and we'll put you out of business. That's what the problem is with Google. They're brutes. Well, and the way they handle a lot of the search stuff, reading this, it's complicated. But, like, if you searched for certain things, you'd come up with, you know, businesses that uh, play ball with Google or make them more money. And competitors, it's harder to find on Google. Right. It's it's so difficult, though, because they've invented a, a paradigm. Sure. Absolutely. I Absolutely. Mean, I'm just I'm trying to figure out an old school way to think about it. I mean, if you flip open the yellow pages and and you know Google in effect bought six full page ads, um, you're going to see that. I'll be interested to see how this all works out. Yeah, you combine that with the Facebook stuff. I mean, big tech is uh, this is an interesting period for them. It's a real reckoning. They're so powerful. I mean, there's never been anything like that in terms of controlling information and ad dollars and all that sort of thing. It's all new territory. I hope the 90-year-olds on the Supreme Court, oh, they're not all that old, but I hope the no. oldsters in Congress also can come up with the laws that, uh, that that handle this correctly. What if senators start dying mysteriously? I'm looking at you, Zuckerberg. Falling out of windows. Armstrong and Getty. Zappin' a Dow. right? Brian Setzer. Um, uh, not a good day. You know, every Thursday the numbers come out for how many people are uh, applying for jobless benefits. Nearly 900,000 this week. Second week of increases. Highest number in uh, three months. Oof. So that's where we are on that. Uh, it's a real cooling. On the other hand, all your stock indexes set records yesterday and are setting records today. I'll be danged. Because the the, the belief is everything's going to be great once this vaccine kicks in. I think it will be. I hope it will be. You know, I hate uh, like crazy to quote the idiot Gavin Newsom, but he said uh, of the COVID thing, hey, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we're still in the tunnel. That's not what he sounds like, Joe. Uh, His voice hurts me. It hurts my throat. (laughs) You have to treat every word as a sentence. Uh, we're all human. We all fall short sometimes. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> or in the tunnel. Um, uh, yeah, it's going to be a dark period between here and when the vaccine really starts to change life. I'm looking up at Good Morning America. Second dose of hope. Yeah, it's a little overwrought for my, uh, for my yeah. taste. But. Yeah. Glad y'all are getting the injections, those of you that are. Oh, one other stock thing. So Robinhood's a popular way for people to invest, if you haven't heard of it. it got Positive. Uh, Sean's a big fan of that, right, Sean? Well, they were, the, they were essentially the force that made the industry go commission-free. Okay. They, they were the app that first offered it, and then it became so popular that the other big brokerages essentially just had to change their tune as well. Cool. Popular online brokerage Robinhood agreed to pay a $65 million fine. I won't get into the particulars, but I like this part. The company refused or or, uh, neither admitted nor denied guilt. I'm going to start doing that when I do something wrong. I'll neither admit admit nor deny guilt. (laughs) I'm not saying I did it. 
I'm not saying I didn't do it. Well, How much no. was the fine? Here's the check. <laughs> Here's the check. <laughs> Paying it. So this had to do with... Uh, Commission free, but they may have not been as transparent with how they actually make their money, which is selling order flow to other brokerage houses. Um, I think if they were transparent, many uh, traders on the app would happily trade their data of trades in exchange for not having to pay $10 I'm per trade. I'm not saying I did it. I'm not saying I didn't do it. Neither admitting or denying it. <laughs> Here's your check. Here's your now check. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> Leave us alone. Have a nice day. Selling order flow. Well, we can't have that. Are women actually planning vacations so their lives will look more like a Hallmark Christmas movie for their Instagram? Stay tuned for that story. <laughs> oh, I hate that on so many levels. I know. <laughs> but I tell you what, you gals, you do what you think is right. Oh, I was going to mention, uh, I had one I'm more. I'm not saying you're guilty. I'm not saying you're not. <laughs> uh, one more COVID thing that is uh, not good news. Actually, i got a couple of COVID things. So Biden just said... About school reopenings. I know it's going to be controversial for some of you, but I'm going to ask that we're going to be able to open schools at the end of 100 days. It's interesting that he presented it as controversial that he's going to open them up. Most people, plenty of people, lots of experts think that's a good idea. So it's not, you know, you don't really need to do the disclaimer. Well, in 100 days from January 21st, correct my math if I'm wrong, that's Friggin' May. That's a good point there. So his really sticking his neck out is we might let him open in May, even wow. though for the 47th time all the data says it's safe. I apologize for being so stupid for not catching the fact that that is not exactly a bold move to open the schools. Good Lord, I'd say not. So once everybody in the country's gotten the shot, you're willing to open the schools, even though they say it's safe now. Okay. Right. Thanks for that. On the what's, other... it, what's it like running around on all fours with the teacher union leash around your neck? Wow. Um, on the other hand, the coronavirus is, uh, is, 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 is whapping us all upside the head. Single-day coronavirus case records set yesterday. California had the most cases they've ever had. So did Maine. So did Tennessee. Which shows you the difference in size of states. California's record was 51,000-some. Maine set their record with 500. Hmm. Oh. A much smaller state. Single day coronavirus death records: Kansas one forty four, Nevada fifty seven, New Hampshire twenty one, Vermont five. L A County and and San Diego County actually are both uh, getting hit hard right now. I mean, bad. Yeah, the hospitals are full, ICUs are full, people are dying. I was reading that the movement to get people back in the classroom in San Diego has reversed and is now going the other direction. Just for reality, the local school to me where they had kids, kids have been in the classroom all year long. They shut down the high school this week because uh, they had a couple of cases, and they're hoping that they close it down this week, then get a two-week break, and then they'll be able to come back in afterwards. But um, mm. it doesn't take many cases before you have to go back to online. Yeah, yeah. Wow. These are crazy times. I'd say. Uh, how science has responded to the vid, both in awesome ways and idiotic ways, coming up in a moment or two, but... Speaking of security, a quick word from our valued, our treasured sponsor, Simply Safe. Everyone, you, me, everyone, wants to keep their home and family safe from break-ins, fire, flooding, medical emergencies, and Simply Safe Home Security delivers award-winning 24-7 protection. Pretty cool, and you can set this thing up in about 30 minutes. It's super easy to set up. It's super easy to use. Then the Simply Safe professionals take over, monitoring your home 24-7, ready to head, send help the moment that there's an alarm. But you're not locked into a long-term contract. No hidden fees, no installation costs. 
Yeah, it's an arsenal of cameras and sensors. Keeps you safe, great monitoring, but no messy, expensive install, and no long contracts. It's better in every way. Now, you can get a free home security camera when you purchase a Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Special deal for our listeners. It's a 60-day risk-free trial, so there is nothing to lose. Visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Again, you get that free home security camera. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So I found this interesting. The Atlantic, talking about how science beat the virus. Oh, you read The Atlantic. That's so because I'm fancier than those of us who do read dumb people magazines like I do. I'm not saying I am. I'm not saying I'm not. <laughs> Neither confirmed nor denied. Uh, they start with the obvious that in the fall of 2019, exactly zero scientists were studying COVID-19, at least not outside of China. Right. Uh, it would not surprise me even a little bit if there were Chinese scientists who were fully up to speed at that point. But think there's a, do you have any belief that they created it? Hmm. No, I think they may have had it in the lab to study and and let it loose. But if it turned out it was an intentional unleashing of something they already were ready to deal with, it would not surprise me. At the end of this all, will China be in a better position or worse position to take over the world? I think it's clearly better. Wow, that's an interesting question. I would have to think about that for a while. But I just I think we uh, Americans and certainly our leadership uh, and I think this is unlikely in the Biden administration, we need to see China as the guy who just kicked down our front door and is run in with a knife, okay? Constant vigilance against China is is the new norm, I think. But anyway, moving on from there. They mentioned you had zero scientists studying the thing in the fall. By the end of March, it had spread to more than 170 countries, various statistics. Uh-oh. <laughs> It's the vid. Oh, boy. It is the vid. What's Cardi How B? ironic. What's Cardi Coronavirus! B? Yeah, I agree, Cardi. Dr. Right. Cardi B. Jack, She's you'll... not a PhD. It's a PhD in English, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I should call her doctor. You'll tell the story. It was the craziest thing. Joe was talking about the vid. He sneezed, and then he was gone. Anyway, uh, moving along. Gallows humor. Uh, they mentioned that thousands of researchers dropped whatever they were doing and instead dove into the COVID. Now, as of this writing, which was like a few hours ago, the biomedical library PubMed lists more than 74,000 COVID-related scientific papers. 74,000. Remember that number. That's more than twice as many as there are about polio, measles, cholera, dengue, or other diseases that have plagued humanity for centuries. There are only 9,700 Ebola-related papers uh, since 1976. And, and they mention, though, of course, uh, you know, the vid was so much more widespread, it makes sense. Um but 74,000 COVID-related scientific papers. Uh, by September, the prestigious New England Journal of Medicine had received 30,000 submissions. I got all sorts of papers on dengue, though. I didn't realize there was a, there was a shortage. I can just submit those and equal out the numbers a little bit. <laughs> oh, you're going to get top dollar for those, Sean. You yeah, it's, be been a, it's, just, it's been a hobby of mine. <laughs> Uh, let's see. According to uh, Unpronounceable of McGill University, uh, nothing in history was even close to the level of pivoting that's happening right now, dwarfing the Manhattan Project, the, the Apollo Project, the U.S. influenza epidemic of 1918, partly because we just have more scientists. Between 1960 and 2010, the number of biological or medical researchers in the U.S. increased sevenfold, seven times as many hmm. in that uh, 50 years. 
And uh, they mentioned that in a survey of 2,500 researchers and in the those, English-speaking world, yes? All those other examples, you, you, the, 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 the Manhattan Project, which was to come up with the A-bomb and, uh, and the space race, those were all so competitive and, and it had to be secret because there's in, in the military um, uh, implications and everything like that. This was more collaborative than that. Yes, clearly. And out in the clearly. open, which has got to help. Mm-hmm. So they did a survey of 2,500 researchers in the English-speaking world and Europe and found that uh, 32%, a third of them, had shifted their focus toward the pandemic. From neuroscientists to physicists to uh, biology people, obviously. Uh, the good news is these efforts have already paid off. New diagnostic, diagnostic tests can detect the virus within minutes. Oh, that one just got approved for home use. Did you hear about this? Yeah, you get this thing for a few bucks. It's ninety five percent roughly uh, effective. Or Can you accurate. find out in twenty minutes? Yeah, yeah. So, I, so now I'm not feeling very good, or my kid's got uh, fever. Take this test, you know, in twenty minutes if you got it or not. That's awesome. Swab yeah. your nose, boy. I mentioned this, I think, on the air. Our family had fevers in it. Every three of the four of us had fevers last week, mm. and um, you know, so we wanted to get a test. Call here, get shuffled off to there. They say call there. They say call there. Call the county. Call your insurance company. Call your provider. It never happened. We just gave up. But wow, at this late at day, this point in the coronavirus, oh. that that's the response. Well, and it's not like you you live in I don't know you know darkest uh, jungles of Zaire or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> no. I mean, you you could be at uh, Silicon Valley by uh, brunch time, you know. Anyway, but now, Jack, the darker side to the lighter side to the darker side of COVID. The COVID-19 pivot has also revealed the all-too-human frailties of the scientific enterprise. Now, this is what you remember next time somebody says, science says, as if science is a monolith and always right. We're following the science. We're following the science, the data. Ah, uh, flawed research made the pandemic more confusing, influencing misguided policies. Clinicians wasted millions of dollars on trials that were so sloppy as to be pointless. Overconfident posers published misleading work on topics in which they had no expertise. Uh, and amid a long winter of sickness, it's hard not to focus on the political failures that lead us to a third, led us to a third surge. I need to get involved in more of that. Writing up a half-baked paper, I have no expertise. Oh, yeah. They came up with a whack job experiment. Yeah, make some sort of extraordinary claim. I guarantee it'll be on the networks this afternoon. Hilarious. But I like this sentence, and this is a good one to kind of tuck away in your memory banks. At its best, science is a self-correcting march toward greater knowledge for the betterment of humanity. At its worst, it is a self-interested pursuit of greater prestige and revenue at the cost of truth and rigor. Oh, boy. The pandemic brought both aspects to the fore. Such is human nature. Right, right. Uh, anybody who's involved in science knows what grant chasing is. Oh, yeah. And if if something's hot, if that's where the money is, then you say, oh, I believe 100% in global humidifying. The world is becoming more humid uh, constantly. Uh, I'm ready to do this study. And the money flows in. You go with what's hot. It's not just a, a, a completely high-minded pursuit of the truth. But we'll post this uh, piece if you're in the mood to read it at armstrongandgetty.com. Um, so, <laughs> did you hear Tucker Carlson? Oh, under hot links, I should always say that. Did you hear Tucker Carlson's particularly vicious attack on uh, Dr. Joe Biden's Ph.D.? 
I did. I, I don't. I don't think this topic matters at all. But I thought it was pretty damn funny. Maybe we'll have to play that for you. I thought it was hilarious. In, in these dark times, amusing is exactly. enough exactly. To, to justify it. it. It's not important. But yeah, um, we got other stuff on the way too. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. It's cold outside. But baby, it's cold outside. Been hoping that you drop in. Some people refer to this as the Christmas date rape song. I thought this song got canceled. No, it no, no. Canceled! Canceled! No, the idiots who, who, who are fixated on this sort of thing tried, but no, it's a great song. All of her objections are about what people will think. She's just saying, I don't want you to think I'm a slut. I'm going to stay, and it's because I really like you. That's what the point of the song is. She's not trying to get away. She wants desperately to stay. What's in this drink? Huh? Canceled. Canceled. Vodka. You know, Will Ferrell and Zoe Deschanel sing it in the childhood classic Elf, and my my kids seem to like it. Yeah, there was no Ray Pine there. Um, so this whole Dr. Jill Biden thing has become a story for some people. And it's, it's, uh, I, I do not get the glee that some people get out of making it about Joe Biden's wife. Mm-hmm. I do get some glee out about, uh, out of taking down a notch the whole, I've got a PhD crowd. As statistically, it is now known, it's way easier to get a PhD. <laughs> and they yeah, had to like crazy. It's just one more aspect of the bloated, inflated college-slash-university scam we have going on right now. And the fact that you referred to as doctor always seemed a little strange. And now I now that I know how much easier it is to get a Ph.D., you know, I've got friends with Ph.D.s that don't call themselves doctor ever. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but Tucker Carlson has been big on this, attacking Dr. Jill Biden and her Ph.D. And they even read from her dissertation last night, which, if that was accurate, man, it is easy to get a Ph.D., but... Wow! Yeah, I missed that segment. I'd like to hear. Oh, that. It, yeah, he went through went through it uh, in quite detail. Was and, it just like ABC one two three stuff? I mean, just uh, simple, or was the writing poor, or what? Uh, all of that. Um, oh, wow! <laughs> but uh, I thought this little thing uh, here about uh, how a PhD in community colleges uh, something or other that she got is different than a medical doctor. Well, let's get serious for a minute. Imagine your nightmare health emergency. You're on vacation with your family when suddenly you double over with shooting chest pains and lose consciousness. You wake up strapped in the back of an ambulance, racing to the emergency room. Paramedics hover over you, trying to keep you calm. You've had a massive coronary, they shout over the sirens, but we're going to take good care of you. You're about to see one of the best doctors in the country. In fact, Whoopi Goldberg just said this person should be the next Surgeon General. So you slump back onto the stretcher, deeply relieved. Maybe you're going to make it after all. Moments later, they wheel you into the hospital, and there she is, the famous doctor they just told you about. But something's wrong. She doesn't have a stethoscope. There's not a chart or an EKG machine in sight. Instead, she's turning on what appears to be an overhead projector. Jill, a nurse yells, there's a patient here. What do we do? That's Dr. Biden to you, the woman replies icily, and then launches into a slideshow on equity and diversity in Delaware's community college system. Very soon, you begin to lose consciousness again. For the first time in your life, you have no fear of death. In fact, you welcome its sweet release. You don't just walk toward the light. 
you run. <laughs> so contrary to what you may have read. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I don't, I don't know why he needed to put that much effort into it. <laughs> it's such good was, writing. I thought the writing was pretty good. Oh, For the first good. time in your life, you welcome the sweet release of death. <laughs> Come on. You don't just walk toward the light. You run toward it. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. <laughs> yeah, uh, God, the boy. whole pomposity of academia thing. I've had enough. I am so pro-learning. I am so pro-education and so anti-academia. Just so phony and self-important. Their chests puffed out into the, their robes and their medals and their whatever. <laughs> I'm actually going to watch my my child's college graduation today on a website because mm-hmm. of the vid. Which will have uh, robes and medals, of course. It's a graduation. It will, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And she actually, she's gotten a hell of a good education. At some point when she's moved on, I'll, I'll talk more about her school and why it's been so good. Um, but, uh, yeah, it has not been a phony, baloney, grievance, studies, useless education. Um, proud of her. Um. That's funny stuff. Um, so the uh, Wall Street Journal's uh, take on why jobless claims are up again this week. I'm thinking it's because all the people out of work. And that plays a role, <laughs> unfortunately. That's, that was my econ minor from the University of Illinois at work there, speaking of education. And everybody seems to think it's going to get worse before it gets better, which is uh, unfortunate. But there's a lot of closed stuff around everywhere I look. All on the way. 